Welcome to EIS Navigator. I'm your host, Brian Moretta. Although we focus on equity investing in this podcast, our episode on venture debt was one of our most popular. Today, we'll look a bit more at debt, this time at alternative lending with the help of Catherine Chan, who is CFO at Velocity Juice. We discuss the rise of alternative funders, revenue-based lending, and the approach that Juice is taking using marketing data to support lending decisions. Full disclosure, I have been involved as a consultant for Juice since its inception. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget you can subscribe through all good podcast services or following the link in the show notes. If you have any suggestions for future topics or guests, then you can email us at inquiries at harmonandco.com. Without any further ado, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thank you, Brian, for having me. It's absolutely our pleasure. As usual, we'd like to start by getting to know a little bit more about you. So can you tell us how you became involved in SME funding? Sure, sure. I have to. I have to admit that it wasn't probably um, in in the life plan uh, when <laughs> when I during my university days, but uh, you know, through just taking on a series of opportunities and kind of just rolling with rolling with things as they arose, um, I, I ended up at this point. So more specifically, um, I always. I never really knew what what I what I really wanted to do when I was at university. I kept my options open, so I chose the most broad uh, subject, being commerce and management and marketing. Um, and after that, I, I thought I would just again still didn't have a better idea after university. So I thought I'd follow my friends um, and just get a grad mm. position at one of the big four. And however, during that, I wanted to take some time off um, between because I was working whilst I was at university as well, three jobs actually. And I thought I would take a gap year and come over to Europe and just do a little bit of backpacking as you do. Um, And then after that one year, I decided, well, I quite like it here. And 20 years later, I'm still here. But very much um, I I, I realised during my backpacking days, I actually needed to get a job because I needed to um, I needed to earn some money. Ended up in banking. Um, You know, I I, and that's how I spent 15 years of my career. I, I cut my teeth in various banking institutions. So I started off at HSBC, in fixed income. I spent some time uh, in the securitization area at Deutsche. And I was also at Namura for a while, just working uh, with the workout team, the team that looked after kind of like the inherited Lehman portfolio at the time. And then I ended up at Comet. Um, and in that time, I kind of moved, uh, I mainly was in the finance and risk disciplines, but kind of working across all these different business verticals. I have to say still, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, I didn't feel like that was my calling. Um, And it got to a point after 15 years, I thought, yeah, I've hit the kind of level of seniority I want to hit. This is, I've learned a lot, seen a lot, uh, went through the global financial crisis, great. Then I met Velocity Capital Advisors, so, um, you know, the guys who later on became my co-founders for Juice. They, we were talking about their portfolio companies. Uh, they were raising uh, equity for these companies, kind of EIS, SEIS, and, and just the, the amount of the amount of investment that was just going towards marketing at the time was around like say easily 40% of the equity that was just raised and and it just seemed nonsensical to kind of you know spend a large chunk of your investment round for these companies and then and, and just put put the money straight into the hands of Meta and Google we, we knew at the time, you know, in talking to the guys, the data was good, it was reliable, it was vast, and, and, and it's data that you could actually lend against. And so that's, that's how Juice came about. And then I decided to <laughs> take the leap and move into the startup ecosystem and get on the roller coaster, on which mm. I am still... <laughs> <laughs> on um but yeah it's been a ride but but that mm-hmm. is how juice came about and mm-hmm. my and and my hence my place in sme funding excellent so you gave us a little bit of a hint about what juice actually does um yeah. do you do you want to just give us a little bit of, yeah, you know, sure, where, sure. where you so, are now 
Yeah, sure. So I hinted a little bit at it before. So it, it can, I would like to, to describe it as kind of like non-dilutive equity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the reason for it is because, um, so we're a, we're a debt product. We're an alternative to SME companies that want to grow uh, and giving them a non-dilutive alternative um, and it's so so when we don't really provide say working capital loans or companies you know for, for to help smooth out the working capital cycle necessarily or receivables invoicing that sort of uh, financing that sort of thing it's kind of gr I like to call it growth capital it's it's like it's like equity so just thinking back to the origins of how the product came about it was from velocity capital advisors and offering their companies an alternative to you know diverting say more than a third of their latest round towards marketing we offer that in the form of debt so you you could say that you know our target client so it's right now we're in the UK UK SMEs and those who typically are digitally native companies of which, you know, that is very much the direction. Certainly mm -hmm. COVID uh, was a, a real catalyst for this. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, very much the e-commerce sector that we mm -hmm. service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and as you say, COVID probably accelerated trends that were already in place rather than cause something new, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And if you just think about, yeah, it's just a natural progression. It's just a natural progression, I think, of uh, of, of just uh, where things are going. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So earlier this year, we had a guest on who talked about venture debt. But yeah. I think, you know, and it was a very popular episode, actually. And yeah. I think debt funding is probably even more of interest now than maybe it even was you know, two years ago, equity was kind of falling off trees, I think, a little bit in the venture world. Mm. Not quite, but it, it was relatively <laughs> to get. And now people are considering alternatives a little more. So, so it might be worthwhile taking a sort of slightly high-level overview and sort of saying, okay, how do you think about supplying debt funding versus kind of equity funding in the market and the sort of benefits and risks for people? Yeah, yeah, sure. <coughs> um, well, for for companies that are you know really in their growth phase they what what alternatives or what options actually do they have if they want to grow their business so yeah certainly they can raise but that is especially like in this day and age it's it's no easy feat and and it's also highly dilutive as well you know, for companies that say, you know, how else can they have access to liquidity? For those who have, you know, strong balance sheet, maybe you could sell some assets. Or those who have had, you know, sufficiently, if they've been sufficiently profitable for long enough, they can use their retained earnings. But mm -hmm. otherwise, they're going to have to borrow um, in order to scale, to really kind of move to the next level. And I think that's why we are seeing, given how 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 scarce equity really is right now for a lot of the companies mm -hmm. that we speak with, debt is no longer really seen as you know the kind of like uh, <laughs> the, the 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 kind of poorer cousin, I guess you could say, or um, the option of last resort for founders who want to grow. I think a, a lot of people are seeing it as a kind of like credible, viable, sensible alternative to raising, you know, or go, yeah, going for another round. Mm. And yeah. yeah, sorry, venture debt, you were talking about venture debt. Yeah, um, you know, so Juice isn't venture debt, just to say, uh, mm -hmm. where, um, but I can talk more about Juice later. Yeah, yeah so venture debt is, is, is absolutely an option for companies, but I think, you know, you've always got that kind of, you've you've yeah it's kind of like a longer term product there mm -hmm. um and yeah the the, the mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. it still is a, 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 a an element of dilution in there as well mm. yeah and and i guess when we talk about the sort of growth finance you mentioned working capital earlier and i think there's kind of existing products out there such as receivables finance or stock lending which mm. You know, you know I, I, I don't know how, how easy these are to get these days and, and what the market for these is actually like. Mm. 
Um, mm. So, so you know, what what are the sort of traditional options, and how easy are they for people to get? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you know, the credit the the credit market. I think certainly this year, anyway, we've seen it's 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 even that is dry not trying it's just becoming more scarce in general for for SMEs and this is because well many reasons but one one of the reasons you know we're seeing that kind of lending businesses certainly kind of like MBA like non-bank financial institutions they're they're um kind of like alternative lenders like juice and they they are uh, some of them are having to tighten up their own lending criteria. This might be because I think um, a couple of years ago, things were maybe a little bit fast and loose in this ecosystem, perhaps. You know, mm. there was just a, um, it was a kind of like um, that low interest rate, kind of almost like bubble, you could say. Um, uh, and, and and it didn't help that kind of um, you had a lot of, no, well, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was helpful, obviously, to have a lot of these kind of like bounce back loans, et cetera, mm-hmm. kind of like government support for SMEs, absolutely. But on the flip side, I think that there were just, that just meant that um, a lot of, um, a, a lot of companies were taking on debt where maybe they weren't actually fundamentally in a position to be able to service that debt. Mm-hmm. And we are almost kind of, you could say kind of like coming to a certain part of the credit cycle where, you know, some of some of these activities are now kind of coming out in the wash, perhaps. And so, yeah, like there are some lenders who are having to kind of tighten up their own lending criteria. And also just the scarcity, you know, like if you look kind of where do lenders get their money from? Like certainly, you know, they're, you know, where it's coming from. It's just like the trickle that's also kind of that trickle down is is also uh, it, that's tightening up as well. So so the knock on effect for SMEs trying to access capital it's probably not as easy. And also I think uh, yeah and that you you can part you then compound that with um, the kind of like macro challenges that SME is facing where, um, you know, you, you're in this like high interest rate environment, you know, it's, it's um, you know, maybe consumer sentiment also like is just not really doing, making things easier for founders right now. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of coming to yeah. So it's not it's not been an easy year for sure. I would say, yeah, for getting access to to capital. But yeah, there are alternatives like you you mentioned, kind of receivables financing, um, inventory financing, and that is certainly you know certainly absolutely essential bloodline for for a lot of the SMEs out there and 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 juice you know we we offer a little bit of that like but it's not our core because I think you know that type of financing yes bloodline absolutely for a lot of the SMEs but you know our product is it's it's slightly different it's it's kind of capital to help propel companies Mm -hmm. to the next stage Mm -hmm. rather than say a company that's current kind of like kind of staying, you know, kind of um kind of flat, I guess, flat, you know, in in terms of like their kind of like their their growth. Yeah. So so it's but certainly absolutely those products are out there, but it's it's just a challenging it's just been a challenging environment on both sides, I think. Yeah. yeah. Recently. Yeah. And I think the other characteristic of the lending market over the last two or three years has been the rise of what what we might call alternative lenders using perhaps different methodologies of which revenue-based funding is probably the most prominent, but it's not the only one. Oh. How do you see those and how do you see how, how, how they affect the market and how, you know, sort of where are they sort of suitable or not suitable for, for borrowers? Yeah. Yeah, like RBLs, yeah, revenue-based loans, they are very popular within um, in the SME market. They kind of came into prominence 
maybe 20 20 i would say and yeah it's 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 kind of like fast quick access to capital it's quite formulaic i think where uh, which is great because you know founders they know what they're going to get they know how it's it works because it's just so widely circulated in, in the market where and so this one is where a company a founder usually receive a multiple on their monthly revenues mm. usually it's around one and a half times and the founder then um, will kind of pay that amount advanced out of their revenue, hence revenue mm-hmm. <laughs> based lending over X number of months. And, and they will, yeah, share basically or forego mm-hmm. a, a percentage usually mm-hmm. of, of their revenues. Mm. Yeah. And, and is there a typical percentage out there? Is it sort of 5%, 50%, somewhere in the middle? I think that uh, because these products are typically short term, you would mm-hmm. find that companies would probably get to kind of they would usually roll off an RBL after three or four months. Okay. So, 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 so yeah. yeah, so, so probably 30%, 40% a month of revenue would be going to service alone. Yeah, 20, 30, I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And what's the sort of pros and cons? Well, you mentioned the sort of the pros a little bit, but, you know, what's the sort of potential cons and, you know, for, for who, who might that not be a good idea? I I think, you know, for SMEs, you know, founders looking to access capital, it's it's a great way to access quickly, you know, financing for, you know, a, a set amount. Absolutely. I, I think given the how that product is uh, designed to work, however, you know, it's 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 good for companies that say maybe are on a slower growth trajectory because it takes longer you know it it will take longer to pay back so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's 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 more beneficial for companies who aren't on that uh, so much of that kind of like steep growth trajectory but for those that are i think what can happen is that a company uh, might have an awesome Months and and they find that they've actually repaid you know that loan after one or two months and that kind of then that is not so much a long term solution for mm-hmm. a company of that profile mm-hmm. yeah simply yeah. because then they'll be like okay and then what now I need to go again you mm-hmm. know right. and yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, and are there any other approaches out there apart from revenue based funding and, and and what you're doing. You know, there are, you've got, so, we've, so uh, in terms of debt, so we've mm-hmm. talked about venture debt, um, kind of like purpose-specific financing, be it inventory or um, mm-hmm. kind of like invoicing, RBLs. There are term loans as well. But really, I think, and then there's something, you know, I call juice like growth capital, maybe slightly, slightly different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's kind of like the general kind of smorgasbord that um, mm-hmm. <laughs> available to founders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just about, you know, it depends on what vision you have for your company, what the purpose is, like thinking about the purpose, you know, for for taking on the debt. Don't, don't take on, I would say, you know, debt just because it, it make sure that it suits, you know, your your growth plans. For, for the company and yeah you've got a smorgasbord to choose from mm-hmm. yeah 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 and, and sometimes that can be a good thing and sometimes you get that paradox of choice so, um. I think so and I think you know sometimes we come across companies where they mm-hmm. they say oh you know turns out that was a yeah <laughs> we chose something that didn't quite fit our outfit, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that is maybe that's maybe to do with um, uh, kind of um, just better be- being better informed, perhaps mm-hmm. um, about what options there are mm-hmm. out in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. We had Louis Taylor from the British Business Bank on a few episodes ago. And he was highlighting the, their role in promoting a lot of alternative funders and new funders, new debt funders in the market. 
And one of the things he was say, saying, you know, quite lazy for them, but you know, the sort of silo thing is that there's all these different sort of options now, but there's been no sort of, if you like, single focus of sort of saying, right, okay, how do we guide SMEs through what's the best option? Mm, yeah, yeah. Because also, I think like SMEs founders, if you're a founder, you, you know, you're probably, you know, focused on 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 building and growing and scaling mm-hmm. your business rather than kind of mm-hmm. appreciating the nuances of yeah. you know loan you know this mm-hmm. type of loan versus that type of loan and 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 so it's i guess you know mm-hmm. having voices out there who um in our ecosystem that can be that are trusted that are credible and and uh mm-hmm. well-intentioned as well yeah mm. yeah I, I think the well-intentioned thing is tricky because you know in a sense everyone's got an interest and I think the challenge yeah. in a lot of challenge a lot of SMEs is you, you get someone who started a company in whatever industry and they're an expert on that industry and yeah. typically not not always but typically the finance function is probably not as develop, well developed as the operational mm. function they don't yeah. have a CFO they don't have someone who's an expert on funding they're an expert mm. on their market and not on funding. And, yeah. and that just makes it that little bit harder for SMEs to try and figure things out and make the right decision. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we, we, we talk to a lot of companies. It's it's funny because we more focus on the marketing side of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got an in-house kind of resource to help companies out on the marketing side. But I certainly also see, you know, even... <laughs> you know, part of my journey. Um, I, I, I've, I've worked. I've worked with a company where I actually. Um, <laughs> there's a bit of a conflict here, obviously, but you know, they didn't have a finance resource, and because I'm a qualified accountant, I was actually helping the company kind of build their cash flow for them because they <laughs> didn't have an in-house resource. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a one-off. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, it is certainly the case, and I, mm-hmm. I do, I do see that. Yeah, and. And you know we've 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 also got some great partners where you know we that 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 we can you know kind of connect founders to mm-hmm. if they do need that kind of additional kind of mm-hmm. uh, focus on on the financials. Um, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they were talking about exactly this problem. How they're in a community where there's a whole pile of SMEs that are doing really well. But they're doing very well operationally, but the, the founders aren't quite necessarily on top of the cash. And he's like, well, I've got this cash. Do I have enough? Do I take the spare out? Do I apply it to growth? And, and, but they've just not quite got that sort of skill set within the company to sort of say, right, okay, you can actually take £200,000 out or this 200000 would be better reinvested in the company because you've got an engine here that you can do this or you have that £200,000 at all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think sometimes also, you know, when we um so when when a company connects their finances or, you know, we also mm-hmm. take open banking and also we get mm-hmm. management accounts sent to us as well. It's so mm-hmm. it's all sorts. But um, you know, we, we sometimes it's 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 we are aware of financial issues before before the company. Um and you know, I guess the good thing about how juice works is that it's not like you're um, just because of the nature of the product and it's a longer term product. You know, you're not talking to like a machine. You're not just yes, okay. You do have to submit information on a form, but then you've got you know you, you've got a human who talks you then through mm-hmm. kind of like uh, mm-hmm. our, our offering and also you no. Know, and then this is not just like a cutout. You, you know, like a cookie cutout of of the product, but it is. You know, the deals are then customized to actually to 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 benefit to optimize the the the, the financial position of the company. So they're they're, they're actually kind of like better at, better off mm-hmm. after kind of coming to us and using our product than before. And I think that's one of the things. Also, people tend to, I think just debt has like a bad rep right you know mm-hmm. it's it's just seen as yeah. like an evil necessity when you have no other absolutely no other option <laughs> okay you know mm-hmm. i'll take on a loan without realizing that if you harness it in the right way it could be an 
actually a really positive step for your company because otherwise if you're just trying to muddle through with whatever little cash that you have and you're just trying to like you know just kind of like drag out your runway but you know you're going to stall your growth you know rather than say in taking on a position in an informed manner with a partner who also has you know the 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 knowledge to be able to support you in taking that step Mm -hmm. yeah that is you know what what we, we could, we, we do offer our companies. Yeah. So that seems like a good point to actually to dig in a little bit more into actually what Juice does and, and why it's a little bit different from what other people are doing in the market. So maybe you just want to tell us, you, you sort of alluded to things earlier, but maybe go into a bit more detail about what the Juice approach to lending actually is here. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like rewinding back to our genesis and coming mm-hmm. from Velocity Capital Advisors. So it's very much seen as an alternative to equity, right? And equity is used to what grow um, and propel your company into the next stage to hit your next milestone. Mm-hmm. And that's what Juice is. So we offer a long-term solution. So it's typically a two-year product and it's a revolving credit line. Mm-hmm. By revolving credit line, what does that mean? It means it, it, it means that you you it revolves. I.e., you have access. Mm-hmm. So founders will have peace of mind over the certainty that they have that they can they 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 can get the liquidity they need at the time when their business needs it during that two year horizon revolves because you 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 can like draw down mm-hmm. under your credit line and then you can and then once you repay your kind of bucket refills I guess mm-hmm. so your limit goes back up mm-hmm. so that's why it's revolving um and and you know one good thing about this concept is that example if if a company has say 1 million credit line with juice because it's it's we also then kind of work out with the founder kind of what the actual repayment term is under so when they take when they take a drawdown like what's the repayment term it's typically still pretty short term but it's tailored to each company and it's based on their their financial so that we don't pressure we don't put the company under pressure to pay us back you know beyond mm-hmm. their means and and it, but it's typically short term let's say four months ish so that means that they can actually revolve or recycle their one million line in over those two years which which mm-hmm. actually means it's it's access to a lot more than mm-hmm. a million and and i think uh, founders love it because um they only pay for what they use, but they have the peace of mind that it's there. So mm. you've got companies that kind mm. of use us for, say, three months out of the year, you know, during their absolute peak season when they need to really double down on their marketing. Mm. And then we'll, mm. we won't hear from them again for like another six months and then they'll come back. And yeah, so, so, and I guess it's, it's also just knowing that you can turn the tap on and off whenever you need i mean we do have performance criteria so it's not a blank check i always say to companies just because you have a credit line doesn't mean that we're gonna dish out you know money whenever you need you do we do have standards that you need to meet but these are all kind of set out from the outset as well so yeah that that's that's juice um yeah. you know and and yeah just talking about marketing before actually so yeah because yeah, i think, I think that's, the, that's probably the key distinguishing point the key distinguishing yeah. point of juice is that I think you use so. the marketing data so maybe tell us a bit more about what marketing yeah. you use and why that's important and why yeah. it's valuable sure sure and and kind of like you know just completing the circle here is you know a lot of these e-commerce or you know digital first businesses, the way in which they grow, it's through customer acquisition, right? So again, I talk about putting our capital to use to get you to the next milestones to kind of, you know, accelerate your, your value, you know, the increase in your valuation. And that is through 
really through marketing. Mm. And um, so that's that's what we pretty much provide our capital for. We do provide for complementary purposes as well, because a lot of companies they'll say, great, like they'll say, great, I've grown my user base, I need to fulfill more orders, so I need more inventory. So then very naturally, then we offer inventory along with the mm -hmm. user acquisition. Mm -hmm. So if we're lending for the purpose of user acquisition, i.e. to grow, and you know so so we then obviously need to underwrite that activity um, so that that comes from the form of really it's the marketing data we collate it you know we get a we get it piped in in real time direct from source so you know it'll come from meta or come from google you know we also pull in a lot of the kind of like the kind of like shop data as well you know so woocommerce that sort of thing shopify websites it, kind of thing yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and then it all goes into our engine mm -hmm. and you know we then we we are able to uh, kind of transform that into financial metrics that then sit alongside in you know the more traditional mm. the more traditional um methods of, of underwriting as well. So because, you know, what I wanted to do when I came from my old world was to try and implement the kind of rigor, the rigors um, and discipline of, you know, at an institutional, institutional level mm -hmm. into an, uh, a kind of um, kind of like alternative lending entity, which was suited to far more dynamic, but completely different type of credit profile, type of SMEs. Mm -hmm. That was, that was the, uh, that was my, that was my aim. Mm -hmm. um, and it was through, in my mind then, tapping into the data source for mm -hmm. which, you know, we are then lending against and then kind of morphing that into metrics that sit alongside your more traditional methods. Yeah, and, and I think what's great is it's real time. So there have been instances, many instances where, you know, you see, you start to see a wobble in the data and it's because it's an early indicator as well. So mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, where a lending company where you sit and you wait for bank statements or management accounts or, mm -hmm. you know, heaven forbid, like <laughs> you look at accounts filed at companies' house like, you know, a year ago. No, mm -hmm. this is real time, which means that we can immediately pick up the phone to the company and say, hey, you know, mm -hmm. we noticed that this is not quite mm -hmm. going to plan. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. And um, that is just, it's great it's just it's 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 just a really kind of i guess it's a very close we have close relationships with all our companies and mm -hmm. and it's just because of the way in which we um we we have the access to the data and i think even mm -hmm. for the smaller the younger companies they 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 very much appreciate the kind of additional support and insight that mm -hmm. we can mm -hmm. provide them in in their marketing mm -hmm. activities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot in there I want to dig into. Um, ah. <laughs> so you mentioned about sort of looking at metrics. What's the sort of metrics you see as sort of the key metrics in mm. this process? Yeah, sure, sure. So, I mean, I, I especially for subscription businesses, I would say that like the subscriber base is actually seen as an asset, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you've, 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 and, and, and because, you know, if, if the length of data and quality of data, of course, is good enough, you, you, you know, kind of like the recurring kind mm -hmm. of revenue that this company is going to continue to generate for X number of months. And mm -hmm. you, you build on top of that, you know, the cost to acquire new, uh, acquire new subscribers. Mm -hmm. You have a good sense of, you know, for, for each user, how much they're going to spend, you know, average, you know, their basket size, mm -hmm. you know, that, that is, um, you can kind of then work out through that, you know, the kind of how the kind of ROI on the marketing activity, mm -hmm. you know, and and affordability of of the 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 founder taking on 
taking on juice. So it's very much kind of like CAC, attention rates, you know, your mm-hmm. lifetime value. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and looking at the subscriber base is a kind of like ongoing kind of revenue mm-hmm. yeah. generating yeah. engine as well. So, mm. so, so, so when you're doing the monitoring, the things you worried about are things like the, the, the CAC or the CPA rising, mm. you're looking at churn rates rising because that means subscriber base is running off. Those are sort of things you're sort of looking for early signs of or early warning signs yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like the typical ones we look at in our, you know, we've got this dashboard, you know, mm-hmm. so you've got marketing and then you've got your finance in, you know, your financial indicators as well. And then mm-hmm. we've got like, oh, <laughs> you've got mm-hmm. other, you've got mm-hmm. other kind of like alerts that might flash as well. Because the thing is that, you know, we're in this age mm-hmm. where you've just got access to so much data, mm-hmm. you pipe it in, you, you kind of, you, you, um, if you're able to kind of like create the right insights off, off just the plethora of data sources that we have on hand, it is um far more accurate way of underwriting, really dynamic and responsive. Mm. And, you know, so we don't have to wait until (laughs) the company kind of, you know, God forbid, calls us up and says we're in a spot of trouble. We're, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of already Mm. on the phone to them Mm. um, and say, let's, let's have a, let's have a chat. Let's work through this to get, and Mm. that's one thing I'm, you know, quite, proud of, I guess, mm-hmm. at Juice in that um, also because, you know, the, the positions we take on, like, okay, there are some smalls, but there are some big ones as well, you know, for, for SMEs, it's all relative. But, um, you know, and, and but I think it's all about, it's about relationships and kind of like management of, of your, you know, mm-hmm. just managing your clients and having mm-hmm. that relationship and open dialogue with them mm-hmm. in and it's it's because you know it's mm-hmm. not like everything has been rosy we have had challenges for sure but yes i am however proud to say that you know in pretty much all you know mm-hmm. pretty much <laughs> all the cases we have been able to work through the challenges mm-hmm. with the companies, not like, you know, just kind of, you know, okay, let's let's just kind of like um, drop everything, seize everything now. Mm-hmm. No, then that's what I mean mm-hmm. about a long-term relationship as well. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to stick with you and try and support you the best that we can during mm-hmm. the good times and the bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So coming back to the underwriting process, so just a couple of questions I want to dig into a little bit more still there. So you mentioned about screens and screens of data, and the world is full of data, but newer companies in particular don't always have an awful lot of data. When you think about someone coming in, how much data is enough for you to have confidence lend to them? Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) I would say it depends on the type of business model as well. If it's pure e-com play, it's pretty easy. Like you can tell whether or not the company is going to make back, you know, you know, are they making it back on the first purchase? Basically Mm -hmm. they're, they're they're kind of like cap for subscription businesses. Yeah. Yeah. But I I would say you would still need a few months, like two, three months at the very least. Mm -hmm. Um, And however, for subscription businesses, it's kind of hard to tell until you've kind of like seen, like, you kind of need to look at it on a cohort basis and yeah. and and just see you know have have they actually re- what is your real lifetime value you know yeah, yeah. yeah. so you yeah. might need to see a longer cycle yeah because i think i think the problem what we've seen with some subscriber businesses is that you get new subscribers in and the early churn is quite high Mm. But, you know, you get someone in, it's just like you know, people saying, well, I'll try it. And, and then, but if you keep someone for six months or 12 months, you really do keep them. So you find you've got yeah. a high churn rate initially and then it drops off. And that, I know that's the, not the only pattern, but it's it's not an yeah. uncommon one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, 
seen that absolutely as well. It's kind of like almost like, yeah, once you get to a certain point, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know that they're going to kind of mm-hmm. stick around. It also depends on like from where you acquire the you know, the, the the customers as well. Like mm-hmm. which channel did you advertise on? Because sometimes you find that through different channels, you might get, you know, better quality clients versus if you run a different mm-hmm. kind of campaign, not so sticky clients as mm-hmm. well. So um, that 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 comes into play as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, presumably th- this is one of the challenges you've got in underwriting, and that if you you know if you if if company comes to you and say we're spending a hundred thousand pounds a month of marketing, we're doing this, and there now we're going to spend two hundred thousand or mm. or more. Mm. You know, can they pump the money through the same channels? Do they have to expand channels? How's that going to affect their acquisition costs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if a company has been spending, like sometimes really companies, you know, I'll look at their forecast and um, it's kind of like, yeah, we're running on, I don't know, like 2 million ARR this year and then next year forecast 10 million. I'm like, okay, how how <laughs> are you driving that? Oh, through, through user acquisition. I'm like, Right. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. like because typically, and then then you kind of like mm, question mark maybe because there there does for you to just I think the rule of thumb is that you don't go up or down like beyond five ten percent every month on your monthly spend. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the algorithms just can't really deal with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for someone to to kind of like say, yeah, I'm going to double, like really double down and throw kind of, you know, uh, two, three times the amount that I spent last month, we would, we would question that. And, and we do actually. So, and I think that just kind of, again, reflects the type of relationships we have with our, with our clients. It's not like, anonymous press a button and you know here's some money in your bank account we we do actually challenge but from a good from a good place because if if you're doing this and it's just not we don't see it as kind of the most sensible step yeah it it because then the company will find themselves in a bit of a dicey situation as do we and and that's you know, that's we we put guardrails. We do have guardrails in place in, in in our product as well, just to make sure that again, otherwise that's when debt has gets that bad rep. It's it's when, you know, people are deploying, they're just pushing products or, you know, loans onto companies or founders that don't know better and then and, and, and mm-hmm. just end up in an absolute awful situation. Mm-hmm you know, and, and, and worse off. So we are, um, we, I'm very much against that type of practice. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, if we, if we look back in the financial, different context, perhaps, but if we look back at, in the financial crisis sort of 15 years ago, oh, a lot of yeah. that arose because people saying to themselves, well, if the bank's lending me this money, the bank must think it's okay. So I think it's okay. Yeah, um, I and, know. and they're sort of looking at that, that, that for guidance and um, I know. So it's not really yeah, good. And it's, it's 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 about it's about having responsibility as a lender right mm. because you know if if you're being a capital provider you know it's very short termist to think yeah i'm just going to get my money back and my interest and that's it you know like uh <laughs> you got to think the long term overall benefit of 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 the client um and um yeah i think there is definitely a role for alternative lenders you know to to have that to take on a role of almost like financial mm-hmm. stewardship maybe you know just mm-hmm. be if you if if you know if you conduct yourself response as a responsible lender you know to to then that that would that only makes sense because then it's a sustainable it's it's a sustainable relationship it's a sustainable business model mm. and product as well i hope to think that's what we have at mm-hmm. juice yeah 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 so thinking about the borrower side of things what do borrowers worry about when they're taking either this funding or, or, or debt funding do you think mm. i think 
I think that they would worry about how how empathetic the lender is. Mm-hmm. You know how how aggressive the lender would go in in mm-hmm. recovering, or are they actually going to take on a role as a partner to help mm-hmm. the company navigate through? You know, if there are challenging times, the the you know mm-hmm. those those tough periods. And also just certainty, reliability as well. And, and by that, I mean certainty over continual access to, to the capital mm-hmm. that you need and the reliability of, of service as well. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think, you know, I, I think that's what proverbs tend to prioritise. Of course, there's price and speed, uh, time to money as well. Yeah, you've got to be competitive, obviously. But yeah, no, it's interesting. I I know you and I had a conversation a little while back about how companies were surprisingly unfussy about who they would borrow money from. In this case, you know, in in the back of the mind, in this case, if you borrow money and and the borrower's got problems, or the, sorry, the lender has problems, then, you you know, in some ways it doesn't matter. But actually, I think knowing who your lender is is, you know, particularly if you've got something that isn't just a straight vanilla product, it mm. is really important. I think so. I think so. And you know, we've seen this come to light. You know, with um, it's it's you know, it, you have to think of it as as you would with one of your core suppliers. You know, in mm. your supply chain. You know, finance is is just <laughs> it's it's another kind of key key inflow into your mm-hmm. business you know you would certainly do your dd when you're picking out your you know your, your key suppliers as you sh- sh- ought to do your dd um when you're picking out your finance partner especially a long-term mm-hmm. finance partner as well yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so if we look forward you mentioned kind of at the start about how Funding has and source of funding have generally become tougher for SMEs and, and growth companies over the sort of last couple of years. You know, and, and and part of that's been probably the secular withdrawal of banks. Um, yeah. How do you see the prospects for the market in the near future? I mean, the banks aren't coming back, I presume. So, what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think that um, you know. The finance gap, uh, the funding gap for SMEs is is not going to be solved anytime soon. The banks are not going to come back and step into this space, certainly. And even you know the kind of you know the the kind of one step above you know the kind of direct kind of lender that a founder would be uh, facing off against, like. Yeah, it's it's not exactly like that. The, they're kind of turning the taps on, you know, and 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 it's cheap. It's it's absolutely not like um, it was two three years ago. I do think that I do think that the alternative lending space needs to step up and fill that gap and it's mm. kind of the role of the institutions like reduce and our peers as well trying to kind of solve solve for the, the the kind of problems the issues that the smes are encounter i think it's it's up to the the kind of alternative providers to step up to try and kind of solve the issues in this space, and 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 if the banks are able to kind of, you know, step behind us and help support, then you know, that would be, you know, that 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 would that would be just, you know, the 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 kind of I think that's the kind of way that perhaps things will need to go because you know SMEs are again like it's 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 such a bloodline into our economy but but there is this issue that 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 needs addressing and then I think it is kind of the alternative providers that need to continue to step up and solve for the needs of founders mm-hmm. yeah Okay, well, we'll see what happens in the next few years. I think, I think regardless, it's going to be quite interesting about what happens. 
But for now, what I'd like to do is move on to our favorite questions. So we've got a slight edited list because you're not a, an EIS manager or an equity fund manager. But so we'll, we'll, we'll throw this at you and we'll get your sort of your, your thoughts on these. So okay. tell us about a time you failed and what you learned from it. Yeah. So I think when I first started building Juice, I thought I have to do it all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the team was lean, you know, you got to be resourceful. And, like, I just thought if I don't deliver on all fronts, if I cannot mm-hmm. get you up and running, you know, single-handedly, mm-hmm. that is my only inadequacy. I just didn't even occur to me that, yeah, you need more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know it sounds crazy now, but at the time I was like, no, I have to know it all. I need mm-hmm. to do it all myself. Otherwise, I'm just, it's a failure. And that wasn't really sustainable (laughs) (laughs) or healthy. And I, you know, I, um, yeah, it got to a point where I I just kind of, you can run out of puff. And I did Mm. run out of puff. And, uh, yeah, it's, you really need, like, Mm -hmm. to do this, you need an awesome core team that you can rely on and Mm -hmm. thankfully I have that now you know I have a fantastic team and really you know great co-founders who are continuously like cheering on you know even when I think Mm -hmm. they're crazy but but they're just like (laughs) they have this like vision thankfully that 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 just keeps that keeps me kind of going you know Mm -hmm. And uh, but but I, I I think it was just driving myself to the absolute point where, and it was only where because I just thought there's always more to give. I think more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing until you're like, oh okay, I actually do have a limit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not. You're kind of not the first founder who's had that issue. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's not an uncommon pattern from what I hear and see. <laughs> Yeah. But you've recently promoted CEO, so, um, yeah. so you, delegation <laughs> yeah, is going to be yours from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's been, um, I mean, learning curve. I mean, that's just mm. been a key theme from day one at Juice. Mm. I got to say, when I joined, I had no clue what I was getting myself in for. Like, mm. I, I, and the ride, but yeah, but you know, if oh. But, but yeah, it's been an opportunity to just learn as you go and just be resourceful and dig deep and dig mm. in places and just dig everywhere <laughs> to, 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 to make it happen. And, yeah, so CEO now, which is, again, that was not in the life plan. That was mm. when I was at uni thinking, I'm just going to go for a gap year to the UK <laughs> for a year. <laughs> And um, yeah, that was. But you know, it's um, it's amazing. It's the you know to mm-hmm. to be given this opportunity. I I I I guess that means some people think I've been doing some things right. I I hope to continue doing whatever it is that was mm-hmm. right that I was doing, and then more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's been, um, it's the, the, I've had fantastic support from my co-founders. Mm-hmm. The team are amazing. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I think then, yeah, having a fantastic team means that that enables me to kind of do whatever, you know, CEO stuff I have to do. So that's going to be, again, the learning Continued. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It would be boring mm. otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, so, exactly. So, as listeners know, I'm an avid reader. Is there anything out there you like and would recommend? Yeah. So, I um, I I haven't. I used to be an awesome reader, um, and then ever since I became a mum. And that's not a really great excuse because that was like almost six years ago now. But um, mm. uh, yeah, um, I haven't been so great at reading. But I um, I do have a book club that is 
you know, more kind of like socially driven, I think, depending <laughs> on like when we want to get together and drink wine. Um, it's like, okay, time for another book club. So yeah, which is helped me get back into reading. And the last one I actually really enjoyed, which was called Kana and the Sun by Kazuo Ishigaru. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, it was beautiful, poetically written, very touching, and also just, I guess, uh, speaks of the time as well. It's the times as well, because it was about AI, um, you know, kind of like, uh, they call them lifted children, so genetically enhanced children, kind of having AI friends, and I don't know, like, (laughs) what our future holds. But, uh, yeah, that was a really beautiful read. Yeah, I've I've read a couple of his books, uh, which are very set in sort of, one set set historically and one set in kind of an alternative current time. So, mm. but he 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 does touch you emotionally. I think. I, yes. I think he's very good at that. Yes, yes, yeah. Always a little bit. I think it's also always a little bit. They're a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a melancholy yeah. strand through yeah, what he writes. Yeah, a bit of a melancholy thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. yes. and I've been. Other than that, I've got to say, I am. I do these, um, like, I, I have this app where it just summarizes books um, in 15 minutes, and I mm. tend to kind of churn through these <laughs> when I'm on the, when I do finally get mm. onto a cross trainer, then I, I kind of, kind of uh, get mm. through these, you know, I get through a couple, and they're kind of more kind of, you know, business orientated, you know, startup, that sort of stuff as well. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you wish you knew when you started with Juice that you know now? Hmm. So this ties into probably something that we just spoke about earlier, which was kind of being able to pace yourself, especially, you know, so it's okay to not do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and also just realising that when you get into this ecosystem, there is almost like no finish line like you're just building and building and creating Mm -hmm. and then the milestone becomes the next milestone and then in between there's going to be these massive icebergs that Mm -hmm. are going to be in the way that you need to drop everything and navigate and then get back Mm -hmm. on track Mm -hmm. Um, and it can be exhausting but really rewarding and fulfilling at the same time but I would say yeah, it's yeah. Because back in my old world, it was like you know everything. You you could see the end of almost like every project, every deliverable. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this is just, it's it's just somewhere out in the distance, and you just have to keep on running towards in that direction. But it is absolutely a marathon and not a sprint, mm. and you have to sustain yourself. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when I was in my PhD and doing sort of six or seven day weeks and, you know, run of writing up and, and, and it, was, it was fine for the first month and then suddenly you just started going, oh, no. So, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't sustain that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I, I think absolutely. You've got you to gotta have a good support network and I have that, luckily, through my team at home as well, thankfully, so that mm. so I have people, you know, who can take care of me even I, when I stop taking care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So if anyone wants to find out more about what you're doing at Juice, where should they go? Yeah, so we actually just had a really recently a mini rebrand. So we've kind of gone full cycle, actually, because when we first started um, a few years ago, we were Juice. And then we became Velocity Juice, Mm -hmm. kind of like giving a nod to our roots, you know. And then we kind of thought, no, you know, it just makes sense to kind of like branch out, do our own thing. So now Mm -hmm. we are back to Mm -hmm. being just Juice. Yes. And that's very Um, recent because when we first spoke about this podcast, you were Velocity Juice. Yes, (laughs) yes, we were Velocity Juice and I was not the CEO. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) a few changes recently. Um, And so it would, and yeah, we've got a new domain and everything. So, uh, yeah, which took, (laughs) yeah, it was like a really kind of chaotic Mm. voting system. So we settled on uh, GetMe, so it's www.getmejuice.com. Right. 
And I think my CTO will kill me if I tell him that I've changed my mind again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Well, you're public now. You, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll post the links in the show notes anyway. So yeah, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful. Yeah, great. So thank you very much for coming on today, Catherine. Really enjoyed speaking to you again. Uh, we speak yeah. regularly anyway, but um, yeah. this is slightly different. Yeah. But yeah, nice, nice to get Correct. your podcast last. Yeah, I know. No, thank you so much, Clark. Uh, yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure. And you've been mm-hmm. kind of, you've actually been, um, you know, you're, you're quite modest. You know, uh, you've been a sounding board for me mm-hmm. from, from you know, like mm-hmm. the, the kind of day one from Juice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yes, yes. But it's nice to be on your podcast as well. So yeah. thanks for the invite. Yeah. Our pleasure. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Catherine. Despite the tightening market, alternative lenders are here to stay and can be important for the right companies. As usual, you can get full show notes with links at harmonico.com forward slash podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast at all good podcast services and players or through the link in the show notes. If you like what you hear, then please give us a review with lots of stars on your favourite podcast app. We can be contacted at inquiries at harmonico.com. Thanks for listening and we'll be back in two weeks' time. <laughs>